You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back. It is the NFC East Mixtape presented to you in partnership by Bleeding Green Nation, SB Nation's home for Philadelphia Eagles content and blogging the boys, SB Nation's home for the future NFC East champion Dallas Cowboys content. He is Brandon Lee Gotten from BGN. I am RJ Ochoa from BTB. We're here once a week to uh, celebrate, sometimes commiserate, and ultimately um, have a good time talking about the greatest division in the history of the National Football League, BLG. Welcome to December. So um, my question to you is, what is a bow of holly? Uh, I don't know. You tell me. Me neither. I don't either. I mean, we're rocking around the Christmas tree, and there are boughs of holly, um, and I don't know what they are. Uh, we have some big news at the top of the show, actually breaking news here, uh, RJ. Uh, you're a father. That's right. Yeah. Congratulations, uh, buddy. How does it thank, feel? Thank you very much. Uh, our son, not you and I, uh, my wife and I, son, uh, <laughs> was, was born uh, last Wednesday, the night before Thanksgiving, 8.35 p.m. Uh, very excited, uh, very tired, um, very stressed. I did not realize how dangerous the world is um, until now. Uh, but, uh, it's been a lot of fun. So, uh, spent Thanksgiving in the hospital in the, you know, my wife's room and stuff and, and worked, you know, no big deal. I mean, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I think I might be the hardest working employee at SB nation. And, uh, so, uh, worked, did our post game show in our car outside of the hospital while my, while my wife and son slept. Uh, but very, very awesome. I appreciate all of the congratulations and, and well wishes that people have sent. Uh, it's an exciting time. And next year, his birthday will fall on Thanksgiving, which is going to be a cool little thing to happen every now and then. And the name is, well, if you want to, I don't, maybe you don't want to give out his name, but that, I'm, I, I, I'm okay with it. Um, okay. You know, so my name is Roel Ochoa Jr. That's where the RJ comes from. Mm. And um, my dad is Roel Ochoa, obviously. Now he has never gone by it. He always just went by Roy. I don't know exactly the origins of that. Like it's not, it's just like a name that kind Big of Roy Williams saying probably. Yeah, probably. Well, which one depends, but um, both. both. <laughs> yeah. I once interviewed both at the same time. That's a story for a different day. Wow. Um, but uh, so I've always gone by RJ. So we both have had this name um, that neither one of us has ever really used except for professionally, um, except for, you know, these professional capacities for me, at least. Uh, so Roel Ochoa third, And a lot of times people will call the thirds Trey, you know, Trey is you mm. know, three in Spanish is tres. So you got Trey, whatever. <laughs> uh, we're not doing that. We're just going to call him Roel. Took three tries, but the name finally gets some some serious usage. So um, so little Roel uh, born on November 24th. If you add the uh, four digits there, one, one, two and four comes out to eight. He's a little baby Ocho. So there you go. I think that's the first time I've ever heard your first name explained. That's interesting to me because I knew someone uh, growing up who was named JT, went by JT. But like the 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 T standing for the, it was like like uh, 
Joseph the third or I don't know, it was some kind of weird thing. I was like, I, I don't understand what's happening here. I never uh, got the story straight, but it's something strange. weird. But it kind of reminds me of what you have because like I don't know. I never guessed the J would stand for junior as much as I thought it was like a name, but whatever. It weirds people out all the time because they'll be like, so what's your middle name? And I don't have a middle yeah. name. Neither does my dad. And neither does my son. And so like my whole life, it's been like, so the, you're, it's just junior, you know? Right. Um, really, the um, the burden is your signature. Like I've always had to add the junior. I've got to do the big mm-hmm. swoop on the J and then the little R. And now my son, I mean, think about that. Like the three vertical lines and then the two horizontal ones. That's a lot of extra effort when he's signing documentation in the future. All right, we've we've delayed too long. We have a lot to get to. Well, I have a lot to get to, BLG. But before we do, a reminder to subscribe to your preferred podcast, uh, whether it's Bleeding Green Nation or Blog of the Boys, if you're an Eagles or a Cowboys fan. Uh, subscribe to the one you like, but leave a rating and write a review on both, as BLG calls it, the cross review. Five-star rating, no matter what, but you can write whatever you want. You can be kind. You can be mean. If you're going to be mean, do it in a kind way, at least. But I have three reviews to read uh, you, Blog and, uh, Blog and the, read, uh, read you, BLG, from Blog and the Boys. Are you ready for them? I'm ready. The first one comes to us from Let It Fly 35, five-star rating, this actually written on Roel's birthday. Uh, title, NFC's Mixtape. Here we go. One of my favorite shows on the podcast right next to the roundtable. Fire emoji, fire emoji. That's a show we do at Blogging the Boys. You all should get one person from every team's SB Nation podcast in the NFC East on the weekly show. Would love to hear their perspectives on their respective teams. Also, super underrated great Christmas movie is Fred Claus with Vince Vaughn and Paul Giamatti. It is my favorite, and I recommend it if you want a good laugh. Keep up the great work. I think it's a little tough logistically to get four people (laughs) on one show uh, with different schedules and stuff, especially with different kind of media schedules for different teams. I think maybe one thing we could do, and this is like live uh, spitballing here, RJ, maybe as we... Maybe we can find someone from Big Blue View and Hogshaven to at least send like clips in. Like maybe they can send in like a you know whatever two minute clip, and then we can kind of react to that, so we can at least get their perspective. So that way, you know, we don't have to make them dedicate a whole like hour or whatever sure. of their time and kind of just like check in. Uh, so maybe I, I do agree. We could do a better job of getting the other two teams uh, involved somehow. So maybe that's it. Great way to self scout there. Uh, maybe we'll circle around the NFC East, uh, you know, our, the other NFC East teams, the only winners, by the way, this week, um, mm. in the coming weeks, given that we're about to hit the onslaught of NFC East games. Uh, sure. Next one, also written on Royal's birthday, comes to us from Johnny underscore Joe Star, who left a five star rating. NFC East mixtape. Here we go. This is a, an Eagles fan, PLG. Devoted day one listener here. I'm almost quite certain this might be the greatest crossover of all time, aside from No Way Home. Fingers crossed. I got my mm. tickets. I don't know if you did, BLG. As an Eagles fan, this show is a 10 out of 10, five stars, etc. I 100% think you both should do a mixtape YouTube channel. Looking forward to next week's episode. Enjoy your holidays, gents. Go birds. Yes, yeah, so we're figuring out the YouTube thing. Uh, on the Marvel thing, uh, I'm catching up on what if I'm really behind on Same. a lot of things. I finally uh, caught up on Loki and I'm just now getting to what if. Wow. I mean, this yeah. is too much stuff. Uh, as Pete Sweeney likes to, to tease you, RJ, you somehow have time to watch it all. Um, but even you are behind. So um, there you go. Uh, final one comes to us from General Grievous, five star rating wow. title again, NFC's mixtape. Long time, four years. Wow, four years. Admittedly, in-season listener of bgn hey maybe maybe stick around in the off season you know they do great work yeah my wife is a cowboys fan and we listened to this while preparing pies the day before thanksgiving 
beautiful moment and a sports podcast we can both enjoy. Hey, General Grievous, that's the whole point. Respect. Also, I'm from New York. She's from Northern Virginia. We're getting football team and giant stickers for our trash cans. Got to find common ground somewhere. Go birds. And then General Grievous BLG adds, also, don't sacrifice audio quality to put the pod on YouTube. If you can do it without missing a beat, great. If not, don't settle. Hmm. Uh, sage advice there. I will say it's funny that this person's name is General Grievous because I was actually going to bring up how I was really behind on Clone Wars for a long time. And uh, I finally caught up with that. It's like one of the few Star Wars things I had not seen. There's there's a lot of episodes, um, too many episodes, some would say. Um, but I caught up with that. So we got to see a lot of General Grievous in those episodes. And now we get to hear from him. He's a listener. So that's that's really a big honor. Shout out to the general. Not ever been a Clone Wars person myself, but very excited for Boba Fett coming out. Um, what? Later. You want the Boba Fett instead of a Boba Fett? I go Boba. Yeah, I mean, it makes mm. more sense to me to say it phonetically that way. But um, you know, teach his own. You know, Cowboys fan, Eagles fan, pronunciation, whatever. Maybe we should ask General Grievous how he would do it. I think we should ask the listeners. And if you want to get in on that, you can do hashtag mixtape Fett. F-E-T-T. <laughs> Yeah, at, make sure you add two T's, because if not, BLG yeah. won't read it. Um, okay, uh, let's finally get to the football. The Dallas Cowboys, BLG, because we go in divisional standing order, which I cannot wait to bring up as soon as we're done with this team. Uh, the Cowboys lost to the Las Vegas Raiders on Thanksgiving Day, 36-33, the final score. Overtime loss. Congratulations to you on the SB Nation NFL Thanksgiving extravaganza that you and I did with Rob Statsgura. You predict, uh, you correctly <laughs> predicted that Deshaun Jackson would have a huge touchdown at AT&T Stadium because that's what Deshaun Jackson does. Um, I tweeted this in that moment. The vibes felt really off right then. Uh, it did not feel like it was going to go well for the Cowboys. Um, they kind of put some lipstick on the pig, had a nice fourth quarter offensively, took it to overtime, couldn't win. There were the penalties, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to hear about it. Um, I, I guess the Raiders might be a playoff team, and so maybe there's some soulless, tiny amount to take from that. Uh, but this was really disappointing for the Cowboys. You love to talk about how you think it's an unfair advantage, how they get to play at home every Thanksgiving. And what I, will, what I will say to that is it's never a shock to them when their short week is going to be. You know, and and they're one of two teams that have that quote unquote advantage going into every season. And so to get housed, not that they got housed from a score perspective, but to get beat like that at home on a short week by a team that had really quit on the season so far um, is not good. And I think BLG, I'm ready to say I don't like the Thanksgiving Day game. Like I love it. Don't get me wrong, especially now for Roel's life, but. It is, it is very clearly a time that the other team wants to shine. The Cowboys have now lost three Thanksgiving Day games in a row. It's a, it's a tough spot for them to be in. Definitely a good point. Like It puts the target on the Cowboys. It's like, hey, everyone's here to watch the Cowboys. Let's go upset them, especially in their stadium uh, in front of a national audience on Thanksgiving when everyone knows everyone is watching. Uh, I believe the Raiders were seven and a half point underdogs or so in this game. So it, like, it fluctuated seven, seven and a half. But I mean, you're still point yeah, but point being like, you know, pretty big underdogs and to, to lose this game at home. And I thought the Cowboys were going to pull it out because the Raiders coats not to lose in this game. Rich Basaccia, you were you're, you were you were emotional tweeting BLG. I, I was so ready because like they they just coached to lose it was so dumb they didn't go for two at one point when they could have made it a, either a two or three possession game and then they um, took a and, knee at the end of regulation like cowards and like I believe then there was a penalty enforced on the kickoff instead of going for two like what do you do like that's so dumb what are you doing um so the Raiders like did um, the Cowboys didn't take advantage of the Raiders being dumb, um, which makes the loss even worse for them. Obviously, 
uh, you know, again, missing some key players. I thought the officiating was bad. I don't think the Cowboys were the only uh, like team to to you know have to deal with that. There were some. I think there were some bad calls in the game all around. Um, and ultimately, like you know, this trend the Cowboys are on, like this downward trend, isn't just because the refs were bad. Like things are bad um, from beyond the refs. So uh, it's it's a pretty bad loss, and it's like. It's obviously it's hard to talk about this game without mentioning the context of the Eagles because if the Eagles win and beat the Giants on Sunday, then like this loss like is I worse. Said, yeah, it, yeah, like the, the NFC East is is on. There's like you said, there's a, if that happens, there's a discussion. Like, are the Cowboys actually going to win? And now it's very clear that they are because the Eagles crapped all over themselves with a golden opportunity in front of them. Um, so it definitely takes the sting out of the loss for the Cowboys. Um, and and. It's it's amazing, and I think I, I speak for all football fans. Like I and I was very busy, obviously, but I hated football. Like I didn't want to listen to any podcasts, and you know, and I was making a lot of trips, like back to the house and this and that. I it was just Christmas music, and I realize uh, some of our listeners have said that I kind of cursed the Cowboys by you know uh, debuting the Christmas music too early. But I just didn't want to hear any podcast. I didn't watch any show. You know, it, that's how I caught up on Loki. I didn't want to hear anything about football because I was so pissed off. And then the Eagles lose and we'll get there. And it's like, give me all the content. Like I'm all the way back in. It's just amazing how football kind of plays with you like that. Um, I, I, I really came down hard on Dak Prescott in our postgame show. And there's a large contingency of Cowboys fans saying BLG, uh, well, you know, if if that horrible penalty on Anthony Brown isn't called at the end, the Cowboys are going to get the ball back. It's like, OK, <laughs> they got they got the ball to start overtime, which, by the way, how do you mess up that coin toss for the Raiders. That's a whole, that, that would have been a big deal if they had lost mm. that game. Um, but I mean, they got the ball and, and not only did they get the ball, they had the chance to go down and win it at the very end, two possessions. Cowboys had to win that game and they only squeaked out three points from it. Um, I don't subscribe to the notion that Dak missed Michael Gallup on the possession at the end of regulation. I think that was a little bit tough, uh, but still, I mean, you know, you had your chances. And so like to say, Oh, well we just needed, you know, that to not be a penalty and we would have won that game. Like, no, they had their chances. They missed it. Um, and so it's difficult BLG. We have to, you know, quickly move on from that game because, it's been several days because it was on Thursday and we're recording this on Tuesday. The Cowboys play on Thursday again. This is their most unique week of the season. And I thought, you know, I took my wife to her follow up appointment on Monday and I thought, OK, when we get home, I finally have a normal day. I get to kind of do some stuff, you know, whatever, prep for the mixtape. Bam. Mike McCarthy tests positive for COVID-19. Holy crap. Freaking out. There's already, you know, tons of staffers out. Terrence Steele, which is a story in and of itself, is out being on the COVID list. We found out on Tuesday that Nashawn Wright, team's third round pick, one of their third round picks is out uh, for this week as well. So there is chaos encircling the Cowboys right now, um, not on a short week, but on a unique week, a difficult week, a challenging week as they look to stop this skid. They've lost three of their last four. And I'm with you in that I, I believe the Cowboys are going to win this division. They have their, their room for error is, is still the same. But if they don't win on Thursday night in New Orleans, you know, it becomes a matter of, I mean, BLG, they, they could go five and one right now, you know, uh, off their last six games. And I would not feel much more optimistic. They have spent all of the benefit of the doubt that they kind of built up. And so I don't know if I trust them to host the Rams or the Niners maybe in the wild card round and beat that team. And even if they do, they're going to go to Lambeau Field and give me the theater I want and go beat Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I just, I don't know that I trust them right now. And it's going to be very hard for them to build that up over the rest of the regular season, even if they win all these games. Yeah, I think that was a good way to phrase it. I think by you and I see, saw other writers, I think mentioned that unblogging the boys is like, it's the goodwill is gone. Like you lost that. You lost the benefit of the doubt. You had built some of that up early in the season. Um, and I think another thing to this is like, 
there was a golden opportunity here to get the one seed with some of these teams floundering a little bit, taking some steps back in the NFC. Or at and... least improve your, like, if you don't believe that the one seed was attainable, at least improve your position and not have to go to Lambeau Field in the divisional round. I, I will say I want the theater of that. I'm I'm sure. well aware that that could totally backfire. I want that. But, I mean, if, if you wanted to be the two seed or the three seed, it was there. But they look really yeah. entrenched in that four seed spot right now. Exactly. Even if like they couldn't get the one seed, at the very least, like I think the goal, and I think this has been said at Blogging the Boys, is like to avoid the four seed because you don't want to play the team, the top wild card team. Like there was a very realistic chance, and that could still happen. I'm not ruling it out, but I'm saying like it looked like very likely and attainable. And now because of these games blown, it's like a big, big missed opportunity to take advantage of this window. And in a year where, like again, as you've said all along, like they're not playing these great teams they're not playing these great quarterbacks you needed to capitalize on this unique opportunity and you're not because like you're not going to have a schedule like this every year if you're going to be better and you're win the division you're going to have a first place schedule the next year which is tougher obviously so um yeah i think it's just a kind of a missed opportunity is basically my big takeaway from all this what's frustrating is not only did the eagles lose and again we will get there but um but the rams looked awful and so the rams have you know we, we have and that's a whole different discussion i don't know that we can like lock them in as the top wildcard spot but like that does look less intimidating than it did a month ago and so it's mm-hmm. frustrating that like the reasons for positivity have nothing to do with the cowboys you know that's just yeah. it's a really like hollow feeling as a fan um what i will say and this is also frustrating is i you've you give me credit for this so shout out to you all season long the cowboy schedule by opposing quarterback has not looked intimidating ever but the most intimidating stretch looked to be patrick mahomes and Derek carr back to back those two games in five days so you know one part of you wants to say okay well you lost those two games you know those are the toughest quarterbacks we're going to play however and i know Derek carr had a nice statistical day but it's not like you lost those games because mahomes and carr lit you up you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you so like it's yeah it's they weren't like con- untouchable right like it's this constant like you know yanking of emotions in different directions and so um i feel positive i feel excited but um, I definitely feel very weary of Thursday night in New Orleans going into it without Mike McCarthy. Um, that will, you know, that will inspire a lot of takes depending on how the Cowboys play. So it's going to be a, another long, short, weird, fast week. Uh, but I'm very and, and if you go get that win and then you get a week and a half to prep for your trip to Washington, you're in a you can really stop this bleeding and you really need that right now. Yeah, I think the Cowboys, you know, still have a good chance here. It's Taysom Hill. Like, you know, what are we talking about? Um, But and to the Cowboys credit, I will say that, you know, because of how they handled some things earlier in the year, you know, when the uh, cards might have been stacked against them in terms of like, you know, uh, you know, Lyle Collins and then Michael Gallup getting hurt and all that stuff, uh, losing to Marcus Lawrence, like all that. They kind of seemed like things could crumble there and it didn't. So maybe they can kind of find a way to, uh, you know, stick their foot in the ground and stop the bleeding here. I don't know. I think that's a mixed metaphor. I don't think that makes any sense, but whatever. You get the point. Um, yeah, so we'll see how it goes on Thursday. Um, okay, we'll pick the game at the end, but now it is time to get to the second place team in the NFC East, which, Brandon, is not the Philadelphia Eagles. Wow. The, the Washington football team victorious on Monday night uh, against the Seattle Seahawks. I don't know if you saw this, BLG, and I don't ever like to disparage other shows. Like It's hard to put NFL shows together. Um, in different contexts, but um, Peter Schrager on Good Morning Football said, I don't want to play Washington right now. 
Okay, Peter Schrager. <laughs> okay. Uh, but Washington did win. I correctly predicted this. No big deal. Uh, the Seahawks are awful. The Seahawks are trash. Cannot wait to hear your thoughts on Russell Wilson. Uh, final score, 17 to 15. Your thoughts, BLG, before we kind of expand on this, on the going for it down near the goal line on fourth and goal. Yeah, staff stripped them uh, for this on the oddcast said they shouldn't have gone for it, I believe, which is... An, yeah, he, well, know, he, sl- he slacked like, me and was like, why aren't they kicking a field goal and blah, blah, blah. And I just, I trolled him back because I was kind of busy. But uh, but yeah, mm. I, I loved it. I mean, I thought that was a touchdown, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah. Did you? No, did you? I did. Did I okay. win? <laughs> I thought it was a touchdown, like I literally just said. But... Um, uh-huh. I mean, I don't think this is like, is this, is this an impressive win to you? Like may, I, I think that I think Washington is somewhere in between where the extremes we outlined your extreme was, this is the best team to ever live, but the best coach of all time. And my extreme was this team is awful. I actually think they're closer to my extreme, but they are capable of some things um, capable of beating the really, really, really bad teams, which is what they did on Monday night at least. Well, I think the defense has clearly like solidified and is no longer one of the very worst defenses in the NFL, which never should have reasonably been expected to happen. I mean, you look at their last four games here, allowed 17 points to the Broncos, 19 points to the Bucks, uh, 21 to the Panthers, and then just 15 the only to impressive the thing there is the Bucks. But I'm not impressed by their performances against Denver and Carolina. Well, it's still like the defense is coming into form. They lost Chase Young. It's it's not a, a disaster anymore, which is important for them. And Heineke, again, um, he's playing some good football. Like, still don't think he's going to yeah. win because of as much as you can win with, you know, when you get the run game going, when the defense is solid and you're playing, you know, not amazing teams. So, you know, it's not like the football team is going to make any noise in the playoffs, but they're a playoff season, team right now. Yeah, they're exactly. The, if the season ended today, they'd be the seventh seed. So, um, you know, maybe they win a game. Maybe they make a game competitive like they did last year. Um, I don't think their ceiling is much higher than that but i mean you know credit to them for being in this spot when again things could have easily gone way the other way uh now we can sit here and debate and really point out that this probably isn't the best thing for them still long term because like what are they doing here like what what position are they treading water after this that's all they're doing i mean unless they can somehow swing a trade you know like I don't know, for Russ and Russ bounces back or Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers, which I doubt, but you know, like whatever, but like, that's it. Like they're not drafting anyone. Clearly Uh, they don't have any ammo to outbid the teams that do have the capability to do that. So I don't know what this means for Washington long-term, but you know, the bottom hasn't dropped out. So that's something. Tell me it's impossible that one of these three players is the starting quarterback for the football team in 2022. Andy Dalton, Jimmy Garoppolo, Tua Tungavailoa. I think Tua is going to be in Miami. He's playing better recently. Right. Okay. Um, well, so sh- no. sh- Chicago and San Francisco are going to move on from Dalton and Jimmy. And there was there was a report that Washington was in on Andy this year. I mean, so like you're like because that's that's what's going to be available. Because you're right, they're not going to be in the mix for you know the Russell Aaron. Who knows what happens with Deshaun Watson situations in the offseason. And there's you know who you what are you, who are you going to draft like you know. But I mean. Maybe, Maybe Derek do. Carr, if Carr becomes Ooh, available. That's a really good answer. That's a really good answer. That would actually make me a little nervous, if I'm being honest. I'm not, like, thinking Washington's going to win a Super Bowl because of that. Right, but then right, they're, right. they're definitely, like, 
a, a yearly, you know, like playoff contender all of a sudden. Incidentally, Washington will visit Derek Carr's Las Vegas Raiders um, this week and BLG. So it is uh, this episode is dropping on Wednesday, December 1st, and Washington has the Raiders this week. That is their last non NFC East game for the rest of the season. <sighs> After Sunday in Vegas, it is pure NFC East chaos for Washington, and they start their four game stretch of Dallas at Philly at Dallas, Philly at home. I I I really think that I think they might even win two of those games. I think they yeah. might split with both of them. I I think there, there's no way they lose all of them. Like that, that's just I don't see that just the, the way they're playing, and then obviously the way the Eagles are playing, and the Cowboys are playing too. I don't I don't think there's any way um, Washington gets swept in those games. I think they get at least one win, and quite possibly two. Okay. Well, um, we'll uh we'll predict the uh, Washington Vegas game, but it is now time to talk about the third place team in the NFC East as a result before uh, a break. Uh, uh, oh, that's true. Uh, how could I forget? Okay. Nobody go anywhere. Trust me. You're going to want to be here when we get back. Uh, we are going to take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, Trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Welcome back, BLG. Uh, during the break, you actually ran out and came back, and you have 
two different Jalen Rager jerseys. You have the standard mm. Eagles green home one, the forest green, and the road white. Um, I did not know that you had invested this much in Jalen Rager's career with the Philadelphia Eagles. What is forest green? Where's that coming from? That's never <laughs> been a thing. What you, is, I think what, you know that too. What it, I really, in my mind, that's how I qualified the color it's of midnight green. green. I don't think that's midnight green. I think it's I mean, for, that's what it's called. I know. It's not I, forest I, mean, I, I believe you, but like it reminds me of like a tree, like in Oregon or something like a forest. I would say like the Jets is more of a forest green. What kind of forest are you talking about here? I mean, like, I can know, you name a forest. forest off the top of your head? Like, um, like a, a, sure. a, a name for a forest. The Amazon rainforest, baby. Oh, Shout wow. out to uh, Rob Sesternino. That's right. Um, I was going to say the one in Harry Potter, but I forgot the name. Uh, like, <laughs> Fictional forest? Is, is, is it the, the forbidden, forbidden forest? forest? I think it's a, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was the, the first one that came to mind. That's the first forest you can think of as a fictional yeah, forest? Yeah, or, or, well, or, or Gump. Um, but um, but yeah, either in way. In fairness, you're in Texas. I'm, are there forests in Texas? No? I don't know. I have no, no idea. I mean, no. Probably there, not, right? There are like parks and, you know, there yeah. are like hunting grounds, but there are no like forests. I mean, I, like, I, I thought of Oregon. Like my wife and I went to Oregon a couple couple of summers ago i'm like that was like awesome like all those forests um but i mean yeah but yeah anyway uh so your two jalen rager jerseys interesting that you have them both um you you get in the black one too like uh, at a certain point you're gonna collect the you know have the whole collection i have like never been more out on a player like preemptively too and like i'm wrong about like everything so many things as you would like to remind me rj but i was so freaking right about jalen rager like i was never in on jalen rager i tried to like give him a chance I was like, all right, maybe I'm wrong here. So I wasn't like trying to crush him from the beginning, but like I really didn't feel good about it deep down. I'm like, I saw the Jer- there was the Daniel Jeremiah tweet. Daniel Jeremiah used to work for the Eagles and like is friendly still, I believe, with Howie Roseman after the Eagles uh, selected Rager over Je- Justin Jefferson. Put out like the most damning version of a tweet you'll see and most critical tweet of a C uh, tweet you'll see from Daniel Jeremiah about the Eagles, which is like. Basically, he was like, I don't know about that one. Like, maybe it'll work out. But, like, dude, it was so obvious at the time that Justin Jefferson should have been the pick for the Eagles. The Eagles, being full of hubris like they are, thought they knew better. They didn't. And now they have a colossal bust on their head. It's catastrophic. It's a catastrophic miss. It's not just like, hey, every team has misses and you just move on. No, this is, like, so damaging. The Delta from Jalen Rager and how bad he is to how good Justin Jefferson is, is like, it's gigantic. It would make so much of a difference for this team. And it's terrible. He He's terrible, man. It's just, I, um, I don't even know. I don't mean to totally rub it in. I was going to say, I don't mean to rub it in, but I do mean to partly rub it in. Um, but it's not like CD lamb or just like, didn't make it. You know what I mean? Like it was there. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the, like the devastating part. Um, but so Jalen Rager unable to come up clutch the Philadelphia Eagles, BLG, and you said it, and I know you, life was good in BLG's life, uh, which is a redundant statement, from Thursday through Saturday night. I mean, I'm sure the Thanksgiving leftovers were fantastic, and I'm sure that, you know, that is representative of all Eagles fans. I saw a friend of the show, John Stolness, tweet, there's nothing like my Thanksgiving tradition of rooting for the Cowboys to lose. Every Eagles fan was feeling themselves saying, all we have to do is beat the New York Giants. Lots of Eagles fans saying, we might win out. We might win out until we see the Cowboys in week 18. Who They're going to put that on Sunday night football. That's going to be the NFC's title game. Just complete and total 
choke job. I mean, absolute choke job, not just to lose, but to lose to the New York, as you put it, football friggin' giants. I mean, this is honestly one of the worst Eagles losses I have ever seen in my life. It wasn't even like the Giants like brought their A game. You know what I mean? Like they just got like, oh, the Eagles didn't have it today. Like the Giants freaking sucked. They they were uh, the Giants. Like that's what's hilarious about it is you, yeah. you lost to like the incompetence of the Giants. Yes. You found a way to like out incompetent their incompetence. I there's a, there's been a lot of people talking about how like the Eagles were like smelling themselves a little bit and they took the Giants too lightly. Like for doing no. nothing, they did nothing. No. I mean, I don't, I don't, I think that's giving the Eagles too much credit. And it's like, well, they're mm. actually better. And like they just like you know they didn't have it. This game is just a down game. It's a tra- no. Like the Eagles were incompetent. Like they deserved that loss. They very much earned that loss. Uh, and it's crazy because. This is the thing that blows my mind, and I was stressing this a ton on the podcast. So sorry if you listen to that, you listen to this as well, and I'm repeating myself. But hey, what can I do? I do a bunch of podcasts each week, um, and, and on the same day too. This is like a couple hours after the podcast. Anyway, four turnovers, RJ. Four turnovers by the Eagles. Guess how many points the Giants scored off of those four turnovers? Three, zero. They didn't <laughs> score a single freaking point off of four turnovers. Like and you still can't win the game. And they won. Yeah. Like it is nuts to me. And that's why I hate, by the way, like, oh, Jalen Hurts had him in the game still at the end, had some drop touchdowns, had a drop touchdown to Greg Ward. Like, okay, I acknowledge that as being true, but like Jalen Hurts did not have them in the game at the end. The New York Giants had the Eagles in the game at the end by being because even if the Giants score one field goal off of those four turnovers, which they almost did. I think they missed a 51 yarder. Then it's a nine point game. Yeah. Yeah. Then instead of like a one, like that's, and that changes the whole equation, the whole dynamic of the game. And so it's, it's just like, it was a gift for the Eagles to be even in that game at the end and they couldn't capitalize. And I'm like, almost glad they did it from just from like a merit standpoint. Like they did not deserve to win that game. If they won that game, like obviously you you want that in a per- like I, yes I would I would sign up for that instead but it would be annoying from a standpoint of like well they just found a way to win and you know like Jalen Hurts he just pulled it out even though he was terrible for like he had a fifteen point or seventeen point five pass rating in this game like so so bad and the Giants are missing both of their starting safeties they lost two of their cornerbacks in this game like there was no good reason there's no good reason at all for the Eagles to lose this lose this game none they own this team historically twenty one and five in their last twenty six games before this matchup. Like I know there's different players and coaches and whatever throughout there, but like point being, like they own this team. It's not like the Giants Stadium is an incredibly hard place to play when there's like Eagles fans that make that trip every year. The Giants have been literally one of the worst teams in the NFL since 2017, as we like to point. Like there's no sugarcoating this in any there's not acceptable loss. And especially the context of the Cowboys losing on Thanksgiving and you like having this opportunity, you would think like that can't be a trap game. You're like, wow, look at this opportunity we have now. Like, we need to go out and take care of business, and they didn't. It was a terrible loss, and like they they have to wear this L. Like they, there's no there's no getting around it. Couple things for me, and believe me, it's a pain to talk about. Um, and to be very clear, you specifically were not in on this. However, there were a lot of Eagles fans that were during the little win streak. Jalen Hurts, he's playing like QB one. We got all these first round picks. I mean, why, why draft? Why move? Why trade for Russell Wilson? Jalen Hurts is on fire. He is, I think, to call him a running back that plays quarterback is really unfair. But man, he is much closer to that than he is the elite dude that people were making him out to be. He is. He might be the worst starting quarterback in this division. Wow. 
I mean, is that is that objectively unfair? I mean, like, I'm not gonna. I mean, like you know, Daniel Jones is pretty bad, but um, I don't think it's like like you know, like undisputed worst starter. But at a, at a very basic level, he's like not great at throwing the football. And how is this surprising to anyone either? Like, Jalen Hurts just literally benched for this in a high profile moment in a national championship game because he was not good enough at throwing the football. That doesn't mean he hasn't gotten better since then and his career is over. But like. This is an issue. This is you can't be like you can't just pretend like this is something that people say and it's not a real thing. It's like very much a real thing. And my thing about the Eagles heading into this Giants game, and I think Nick Sirianni deserves some blame for not running the football, especially earlier on. But like that can't just be always like the thing, right? It can't always be like, well, it's not Jalen Hurts' fault. They didn't run the ball enough. Why do you have to rely on the run so much? Like, because you can't trust the quarterback to throw the ball. You can't be that one dimensional. You're not going to run. I've been saying this. Like, you can't just run like 40 times every week and get to the Super Bowl and win. It's not that simple. Yeah. And this isn't, this them, isn't Navy Army. They, yes. They, they asked him to throw the ball 31 times. Like, that's not, that's less than an average team. Like, the average team throws the ball 35 times a game. The team with the lowest pass attempts per game this season is about like 28, 29. It's the Bears. Guess the amount of pass attempts, RJ, that Jalen Hurts was averaging in the Eagles' last four games before week 12. 23. It was 19 and a half. 19.5. Like, that's not sustainable. You can't a, win. What a high job. That's all. Yeah, it's, they were just hiding him. That's it. I mean, he's like, there was, the, I, I know you saw the stat, the floating around last week. It was, I forget what it was, but the thing like total yards in the first like 16 games, <laughs> the thing comparing it to Lamar Jackson. I, yeah, I'm, I hate to say this. He is much closer. Like, I mean, like, he is like, 10% away from the spectrum of Tim Tebow and 90% away from the spectrum of Lamar Jackson. People have made that comparison. I'm not going to say that, like, I don't know. Cause I, you know, Jalen Hurts has some merits. I don't, I really do not hate him. I have to say that. I feel like I have to say this all the time. I really do not think he is like a worthless player. He brings value, but like, I just don't know what we're talking about. He here. traps if them. He, he traps like, it's okay. Like the both things could be true that like he has redeeming qualities, but yeah. that he traps the offense. That's just the reality yes. of it. You, it's, it's a passing league. It is. It's just, it's not up for debate. You can have success running the ball, no doubt. But like to win championships, to have sustained success over a period of time, you have to be able to throw the ball, man. And he like he can't. He can't do it. And like people are like, oh, you have to let him develop. Like, like how is this going? For, as people talk about development, like it's this night and day thing. Like this person can't do this, and then next year they can. Like when does that happen? Like that doesn't happen. That is very much not the norm in the NFL. I think you're like when you're talking about development. I think you're talking about like marginal kind of stuff, especially in like a shorter amount of time. Like maybe over a longer sample, but like I don't know, man. I, I think the Eagles are in a bad spot because I think they're kind of trapped with him. I think they're just gonna like run it back with him potentially. But I don't know. At the same time, I feel like Jeffrey Lurie, who talks about like being obsessed with having an elite passing offense, so we know he really values that. I just, I can't imagine him like sitting there watching these games and feeling like great about this. I just, you, I really Eric, wonder about that. They were a laughing stock on Sunday. So the score was, correct me if I'm wrong, three nothing at halftime, Giants. Yeah, yeah. Like at that at that point, you know, like we were getting some tweets off, and I I kind of felt like, okay, well these won't age well. You know, like the, the Eagles will come out and they'll win in the second half. Nope. Like to get outscored nope. again in the second half is just really, really embarrassing. And you said that like things are not great with the Eagles. The Dolphins are on a four game winning streak. The Colts, granted that they just lost to the Buccaneers, but the Colts are probably going to the playoffs. I mean, everything Maybe. I mean, well, they're they're gonna come close, at least is my point. I mean, so like that Dolphins put pick, remember, we were talking like that might be the number one overall pick. Like, that's not even yeah. gonna be a top five pick at this point. Not I even mean, a top ten. 
Because the Dolphins, their next games are like the Jets, the Giants, and the Saints. Like they could win a few more games here. Yeah, I mean, it is um just bad vibes going on with the Eagles. I really hate to see it. BLG. It really bothers me so much. It irks I'm me sure. to my core. Um, well, let's go to the team who found a way to win uh, in this particular contest. The New York Football Giants. Um, I guarantee you, BLG, that because this is what happens. They beat the Eagles, and then they're going to hurt the Eagles by losing to the Miami Dolphins in their very next game this week. It's going to be infuriating for you and all Eagles fans. What's more is they – you talk about, like, smelling yourself. I guarantee you Joe Judge is like, see, this this is – you know, it, I got this. You know, my my process is – I moved on from Jason Garrett. Psh, watch out. I bet you they don't even hit double digits this week in Miami. Like, they, the, the fact that, like, Jason Garrett's gone, like, the purge happened, every, everything's supposed to be fixed now, whatever, and you put up 13 points – and you don't score a single point off of any turnovers? I mean, like, dude, like, there is so much broken with the Giants, but these little these little moments happen to keep that heartbeat alive and keep, keep that nucleus together. There was the report, though, on Sunday morning that Dave Gettleman is not expected to return next year, so a moment of silence for uh, one of the greatest eras of NFC's football coming to an end. I have long said that Dave Gettleman is my favorite general manager because <laughs> it's like guaranteeing that when the Giants hired him, I'm like, oh, it was like a relief. It was like a weight off my shoulders. Like, I know they're going to continue to be bad. Don't have to worry about them. Obviously, the Eagles have been really bad under him. It's sad to know he's going to be gone, although I'm sure that ownership will hire another bad GM. So uh, at least there's that or they're going to give more control to Joe Judd. So I guess whatever. Uh, in any case. This is like this is such an empty loss or empty win. Sorry, I feel like for the Giants because like it doesn't mean anything. Like you just they didn't like play better than the like they didn't like outplay the Eagles. Like and and they had less they had fewer yards per play and obviously they had more points. Um, but like I don't know what you really take away from this game as a big positive. I was talking to Ed Valentine of Big Blue View last week about the game and one of the things like he was saying it's making me like kind of really sad for for him slash the giants is like he was like if they can just win a couple here they can get to seven and seven in their last 14 which is like their best stretch in a while and i'm like <laughs> what are we talking about here like we're celebrating seven and seven in the last 14 games and i get it from his perspective like that is an accomplishment for the giants given how bad they've been but like i don't know man like this team stinks uh he's pretty convinced ed is that like they're just gonna run it back with you know Joe Judge and Daniel Jones, which like, uh, where's that going to get them? And what, what do they do um, with Saquon? Do they pay him? I mean, oh, how could you? Like, he's so he's just such a non-factor. He just doesn't matter. Like, he's just so irrelevant. Like, he's always injured. He's not actually like like he. Get, the best thing about Saquon is he like he can break off a big run every once in a while, but like, I mean, that's not. There's few and far between. Like, he's not any kind of great weapon for them. So, uh, yeah, Giants are terrible. Um. I've used, lost, so. I've, used, I've used this reference before, uh, but it's appropriate here. Um, did you watch Boy Meets World growing up, BLG? No. Wasn't he a Phillies fan? Um, he was in the show. I think you're right now that because that, it, it did take place um, in either Philly or like a suburb of it. Like, I don't know what a suburb. Give me, give me a yeah, cool suburb. There you of, go. Give me a cool suburb of Philly. Um, let me look it up. What? Uh, I was asking for a hypothetical suburb of Philly. I know, but I know I don't. I don't know what I want to name. Uh, do, like do Westchester. A... I don't know. Okay, okay fine. Uh, anyway, you know the premise. You know the plot. The main character, the boy who meets the world, Corey Matthews. Um, there's there's an episode where he is like, I forget exactly what happens, but he's being regarded as like a safe, 
you know, dude, like, I think the girl he's he's dating, her, her father's like, oh, I trust you. You're a safe guy. And he's like, I don't want to be safe. Okay. You know, I, I want to be dangerous, you know, whatever. And he's talking to his best friend in his room, kind of venting about how how boring and lame and whatever he is as far as his perception is concerned. And it cuts to his best friend. His friend says, dude, you're not you're not boring. You're you know, you're not you're not lame, whatever. And then it cuts back to Corey, the main guy. And he's leaning up against a poster in his room that is a poster of celery. Uh, which is like a funny joke to kind of show like how just like boring and lame and simplistic he is. You mentioned like em- em- like empty. Those like what do they say about so it's like empty calories or negative calories or whatever. Like that's yeah. who the Giants are. They are not just celery, dude. They are the pe- the like is it a stick or the the bushel or whatever of celery? You know what I'm talking about? You grab what is it? Sure. Like a a, a, a bunch the bunch a you grab of celery. A, a, a fistful, but the one that's like soaking wet from the little. The little mm. like you know sprinklers that they have on it to keep it fresh, or whatever, and you put it in the bag, and all the condensation happens, and then you gotta like dry your hand on your pants or whatever. That's who the Giants are. Like that's the most interesting about them is that the celery is wet when you grab it off the rack. And how do you do that? This is in a vacuum. This is like a very big win for them because they that's beat so a team sad. that traditionally owns them. And it was it was based, it was literally the Giants Super Bowl this year yeah. in terms of like they really wanted to be. That's- Let's give credit where it's due, BLG. And I think you have an apology to make because <laughs> yeah. the New York Giants said that the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles took the division away from them. They said, we want to play them week one. We want them, bring them to our house. We'll go to their house. We don't care. And you know what they did? They whipped them. They beat them. They owned them. They proved that they were right. Joe Judge is right. The Eagles are wrong. How does that feel? I, I did make Joe Judge a winner. In my winners and losers column, even though I, you probably didn't even have a good game in this one, but uh, hey, I, I look, I am never reluctant to rip the Eagles, as you know. So, uh, and honestly, kind of you know, pointing out that thing by the Giants being their Super Bowl, and I'm, I'm and talking about all this about the Giants, like I want to be clear here because I put the Giants in my losers section of that winner losers article I do, but like that wasn't supposed to be so much like a slam on the Giants, and I'm like bitter about uh, the Eagles losing to them. Like I don't want Giants fans to be like, oh, you're just bitter about the Eagles losing. That's why you're hating on the Giants. Like no, I am hating on the Giants to like make the Eagles loss like to cup to to really underscore how bad of a loss this is for them the eagles lost to losers right Mm, yeah interesting um well um what a time to be alive in the nfc east blg um every team um has at least six losses except for the cowboys uh the cowboys only have four of course um the new york giants will be at the miami dolphins this week which means i guess it's time to predict these games so we'll go in ascending order from the bottom the new york giants at the miami dolphins who wins? I think the Dolphins are going to win. They've been rolling lately, and the Giants are really bad. I mean, 13 points. They scored 13 points on a game where they had four takeaways. Terrible. Oh, the one interesting thing I will say that happened um, with the Giants offense was like with Freddie Kitchens is the Giants did like a flea flicker early in the game that ended up being a tight end screen. Like that one, I was like, okay, that's a little interesting wrinkle. And like <laughs> that was it. There's no more after that. Um. I think you can make a case, and I know you're going to be like, well, they play the Eagles again, but that they might not win another game. Um, So they're at the Dolphins. That's a better team than them. Then they're at the Chargers, who are chokers themselves, but still a better team than them. Then they get the Cowboys, better team than them, at the Eagles, losers. Uh, Then they're at the Bears, and that will be just awful. That's a winnable game. I know, but like... God, that I just, I'm gross. Um, And then they get Washington to end it. They're probably going to lose that game, right? 
I think they get at least one win. I don't think they lose out. I think they get at least one win, two tops. Okay. Uh, well, we both have the Dolphins beating them in week 13. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles will be back at MetLife Stadium. Do you think Nick Sirianni was like, all right, gentlemen, remember this feeling in this locker room because we're going to be back here next week and we want to get the win. Don't forget my highlighters from my visor. RJ's back on this take because the Eagles are losing. Um, I, I do not. I actually was so excited when the 17th game was explained last year, how it was going to be derived. And we found out that it was going to be the Jets and the Eagles because I thought that Doug Peterson might be the New York Jets head coach. And this would have been that. Um, Obviously, it's not. I know you're down on the Eagles, but I think the Jets are even worse. However, there is some question about Jalen Hurts potentially playing in this game or potentially not playing rather. Uh, Yeah, uh, during the game or not during the game, during the podcast here, I did see Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen talk about how uh, I think the Eagles are preparing to go forward with Jalen Hurts, so maybe that's an indication he will indeed play. Didn't seem like, you know, there was serious concern about And we haven't seen any leaks. You know, we haven't seen, like, Schefter Rappaport say, like, there's any serious doubt. Although Schefter did kind of say, uh, bring up the Hurts thing. So we'll see on that one. Um, I'm going to take the Eagles, obviously. Uh, the Jets are terrible. They have the league's worst point differential. Um I don't think the Eagles are going to lose to at MetLife in a row. Uh, I think, you know, again, for all the Eagles' faults, I mean, if the Eagles pass, this is this is how I, I, I phrased it here. Like, if the Eagles' passing attack can't even be, like, halfway decent against a team that ranks dead last in the NFL in passer rating, average passer rating at, like, 10 or, yeah, 108, and, and also, like, ranks 31st in passing DBOA defense, like, it's there are really big issues here. If the Eagles, first of all, can't win this game, but also, like, can't win this game with, like, kind of ease and looking good, specifically against the pass. So uh, I think they win this game. But, I mean, a lot of that is just the Jets being terrible. I have two things to say on this. One, I don't know that there's a football podcast out there that loves to cite as much as we do how the Giants and Jets have been tied for the worst record in the NFL since the beginning of the 2017 season. So, uh, in the spirit of full circleness, it would be just really perfect if the Eagles lost to them back-to-back. Um, I don't know the last time a team would have lost to the Giants and Jets back-to-back, certainly over this stretch, but just in general. So that would be funny. Second of all, I, I'm picking the Eagles. However, mm-hmm. I'm going to say this now. The Jets only win if the game lends itself to a matter that Joe Flacco has to come in and Joe Flacco beats the Eagles. That's the theater that we really need. That would be good. Uh, that'd be very poetic. Uh, do you? What do you think of the Eagles' schedule the rest of the way here? Because they get the Jets this week uh, at MetLife, and then the gauntlet, and then you know all the NFC schemes at the end. There, uh, I think they beat the Jets. I think they beat the Giants, and I don't think they get swept by them. I think they split with Washington, and that would put them at about like what eight and eight, eight, and eight. heading heading into week 18. And then it kind of depends what happens in terms of like, are the Cowboys resting their starters? It's looking like they probably won't be. I think it's more likely. I think um, they will because I think the Cowboys are going to be kind of locked into that four seed. I, you know, especially mm-hmm. if Dallas, if Dallas drops one of their Washington games, that will further kind of separate True. Tampa, Green Bay and Arizona from them, which so, so that will kind of really mandate that they treat that week 18 game as a buy. Uh, since they won't have one, um, I, I don't think they'll be really flirting with the three of the two spot is my point. So okay. um, that's that's my take now. But I agree they beat the Jets. I agree they beat the Giants. Um, 
and I, I think you're right. I think they split with Washington, but you know, we both just picked them to win three of their next four, which every Eagles fan is like, please, this team's awful. They're never winning again. Um, yeah, eight, nine, maybe seven and 10. But that's, that's where they're, they're going to kind of, you know, sputter out to when this is over. I had them at eight and nine when I did my uh, schedule slash record prediction for BGN right after the schedule drop. So there you go. Listen to me. I'm always right. Washington football team will visit the six and five Las Vegas Raiders this week. Um, I'm going to pick the Raiders. I don't at all. I'm not of the mindset like, well, this team's really good. Cowboys happen to lose. They're a really good team. I do think the Raiders might squeak into the playoffs, as like I said. Um, but I mean, Possible. but Washington's just. I mean, they can beat the frauds, the true frauds, um, except for Denver. No, they did beat Denver. No, they didn't. Um, but nope. um, I mean, they're not. I don't think they're they're good enough to go to you know. And and Vegas is is coming off you know week and a half. You know what I mean? You get that little bounce. I mean, and th- that's yeah. another that's another like little thing we've you know that's happened. Vegas getting the longest possible rest coming off of a Thursday game happened to be on Thanksgiving, and Washington coming off a of Monday night football. And Washington has yep. to be the team to travel. That's so stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is a loss for Washington. Um, you know, they've had some good wins recently, but I, I think it's not going to continue. I saw some concern about this game over at Hogshaven. I think Washington fans are feeling good about the team as a whole, but I think this game specifically does concern them. I think Deshaun Jackson definitely plays it up against his former teams in addition to the Cowboys. And uh, I think he's going to want to have a big game against Washington, who he did play for for quite a bit. So uh, I do think the Raiders win this game. Oh, it could be close. Um, I think so. And on the Deshaun Jackson note, I know you're not a big fantasy player, but it would be just perfect Deshaun Jackson for after he has, I don't know, a 60-yard touchdown against Washington for around week 14 when the fantasy playoffs are starting, for somebody to say, all right, Deshaun Jackson's heating up. Let me, I'm, I'm going to start him here in my fantasy playoffs and then for the dud to happen. That's the Deshaun Jackson way. Um, okay, Cowboys at Saints on Thursday night. I will pick the Cowboys. They are seven-point favorites, according to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Mm. Um, I, I would not take that. I, I'll take them yeah. to win. I will be really – I know the Saints are bad. I have them really, really, really far down in my own power rankings, but I think I have them 28th. Um, but um, – so considering that, if they win in the midst of this chaos, if they stop the skid, whatever, without McCarthy, without all the staffers, I mean, just on and on and on. I know that, you know, C.D. Lamb's going to be back. We'll see about Amari Cooper. He's still – uh, as of Tuesday, dealing with some lingering effects of having COVID. Um, and it, I I will say this, actually, BLG. Mike McCarthy openly said in his virtual press conference on Tuesday that if Amari doesn't practice on Wednesday, he doesn't see him going on Thursday. This is very strange for Mike McCarthy. And I actually am taking this as a sign that Amari is going to play because, Brandon, when the Cowboys went to Minnesota all week long, Dak looks good. Dak looks good. Looks like Dak's going to play. Dak looks good. Bam. Dak Prescott yeah. not playing. When the Cowboys were going to Kansas City, Tyron Smith, man, he's looked really good coming back. Looks really good. Everything's going in the right direction. Bam. Doesn't play. Thanksgiving Day game against Vegas. CD Lamb, man, coming off that concussion. He's been practicing. He's been limited. It looks, it really feels like he's going to play. Bam. Doesn't play. Mike McCarthy, who I respect and, you know, different conversation for a different day, does seemingly believe that if he says one thing that the opposing team is going to prepare for that. So I do think he's trying to throw the Saints off the scent here in the reverse way saying, I just, I don't see it, guys. Not happening. And bam, Amari's going to play on Thursday. But either way, if he does or doesn't, I'm picking the Cowboys. Yeah, I really like the, or I don't, I'm going to say I really love the points. I really don't like taking the Cowboys to cover. I don't, I don't feel comfortable with that. Uh, seven points, that's, that's a lot. Um, I do think 
Taysom Hill is actually a good option for the Saints at this point in terms of like like you know Simeon wasn't cutting it and Hill can at least run around a little bit maybe that gives you something um I do think this is a no-win position kind of for Mike McCarthy from a standpoint of if the Cowboys Mm, lose that's obviously pretty bad for him pretty embarrassing loss uh if Cowboys win then it's like oh don't even need Mike McCarthy um which is what I feel like a lot of Cowboys fans or some people might be saying in general and he's overrated down there um a one-time coach of the year pick by you Mike McCarthy um yeah so I I do think the Cowboys win this game because you know they're for you know their faults they're not like I don't think they're a disaster like who can't win anymore all of a sudden um the Saints seem pretty beatable uh it's not even just about the quarterback for them like they're dealing with a lot of injuries like Kamara I don't know his status exactly I haven't checked it out uh today as of today but it looks like he's gonna play Okay, but he's still banged up. Like, right. is he going to be able to last the game? They've had injuries on their offensive line elsewhere on that team. So I think they're just kind of really too banged up. So between that and the quarterback not being great, I just don't think they have, like, enough to win the game. But uh, I think they might be able to cover. Okay, so we both have clean sweep here on the mixtape. Uh, we've got Dolphins, um, Eagles, Raiders, Cowboys. Look at that. The show mm. with uh, Cowboys and Eagles. I don't guy. think it's a clean sweep. I think, I mean, we're we're in lockstep, but I feel like a clean no, sweep would be like we're predicting all of the NFC's teams to win. Ah, uh, I guess what I'm saying is we have full synchronization. Yeah. Is my point. Okay. Um, but again, you know, shocker, the Cowboys and Eagles guys pick the Cowboys and Eagles to win, <laughs> and the Giants and Washington to lose. Well, I mean. I think uh, I think anyone I think like ninety nine percent of the population or whatever is taking the Eagles to beat the Jets. But yeah. Um, last thing, BLG Cowboys will be playing on primetime on Thursday night. For you, it's a half work night. You got to do some stuff as it relates to the Cowboys and whatnot. Uh, two things: one, are Eagles fans rooting for the Saints or for the Cowboys? Saints to knock down the Cowboys and and maybe keep the NFC East within reach. Or are you willing to surrender the NFC East at this point and say, just get rid of the other wildcard contenders? I mean, I wouldn't really worry too much if I was the Eagles about the Saints, considering they have the head-to-head tiebreaker. And I just don't think they're going to be able to do enough uh, in the back half of their schedule to like be ahead of the Eagles like by a big margin. So, um, you know, I think it's pretty clear that Eagles fans would rather see the Cowboys lose. It's not even just about the NFC East. It's just about like, you know, like hate principle. The Cowboys. Yeah. yeah and uh, wanting to see the Cowboys lose and uh, do worse. I'm looking at the Saints uh, schedule here and strength of schedule rest of the way. It's 17th. It's middle of the league. They still have to play the Bucks uh, after the Cowboys game. Uh, it's some easy game. They already that, beat though. the Bucks, though. Let's not forget. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, are they really going to sweep them? I don't know about right. that. Um, they agree. also have some easy games, though. They do play the Jets, the Panthers, the Dolphins, and the Falcons. So it could be a little dangerous. It could be. Uh, it's kind of I'll treat this game as like a win-win in terms of like, hey, if Cowboys lose, never going to complain about that. And hey, if the Saints lose, well, that helps the Eagles in the wild card. OK, so since it's a win-win sort of night for you, what's on the menu? I saw you had some pizza the other night, some wow, awful looking pizza. Uh, awful what, looking what, pizza. That, well, it was three different pies. One looked great. Sure. Another looked terrible. Um, okay. But so it's Thursday night football. You're going to watch the game. Like I said, kind of half working. It's it's Christmas time. The poinsettias are out on the sets of, of games and stuff. What's on BLG's table while he's eating, while he's watching this game? I might be going to – you ever do a D&B, a Dave & Buster's? Um, yeah, but see, like I don't like to watch games I care a lot about at places like that. Because then well, I can't hear, and then I, like, I've got a tweet from sure. my phone. It's, it's, just, it's a mess. I mean, I'm not going there specifically to watch the game. I think I might be going there because I have a, an event with a friend going on there. Uh, so I might be watching it from there. 
not paying super close attention as I'm not actually like sitting down and watching the game, potentially maybe just checking in. Um, so we'll see how that goes. If I was staying at home, what would I be doing? I don't know. I don't, I don't like, I, I, I'm not a late eater. How do you feel about this? Like, when do you like to eat dinner? Mm. What time? I think optimum dinner time is like seven, seven thirty. Um, seven central. Yeah, of course. Like seven, my time, you know what I mean? Yes. Like wherever I'm at. Um, and so, because I also, I want enough of a buffer for if I want like a late night snack later and that mm. can't be something heavy. You know what I mean? But if I eat dinner like at eight o'clock, like, you know, it's too late. You know, like it's, it's too late. It, I, yeah. can't, I can't wait that long. Like, I, I, part of it is like I get bored or it's like I need to eat. Like I'm hungry now. Um, so I'm, I've always been the kind of been an, an early dinner guy. Like growing up, my family always had dinner. Dinner. Why can't I say dinner right? I'm saying dimmer. Uh, Are you dinner, dinner like, or separate people? Uh, dinner. I mean, with all due respect, I feel like supper is uh, a word for like an, an older generation. I like a supper. Like I think it's a fun word to hear, but I don't. I don't ever use it. I feel like supper is like like Sunday evening. Uh, like you know what I mean. Like everyone, you, like it's an it's a formal thing. You know what I mean. Like you're, you're like you're wearing shoes at the table if you're mm. eating supper. I feel like supper in my head is like an earlier dinner too. Specifically though, like, like hey, five thirty or something like that. Yeah, yeah. like like, like the sun's yeah, still out. Or kind of like a lighter dinner sometimes. I feel like people like use that. Like, hey, I'm going to grab supper. Like, I'm going to grab, like, I'm just going to get something really quick. Like, a dinner to me is like, you're going to eat something for dinner. Like, you're going to have a meal. You're not going to just like grab a couple of things. Um, you know, we're really parsing through important stuff here, but, but that's how I think about it. Um, well, you did not ask me what I will be eating um, for Thursday. Yeah, what are you eating? Uh, always a challenge. Yeah. And you, are you, you eating, know this. Are you eating during that's the game? No, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you know this. Like it's a challenge. You know when when you've got to you know do what we do. So you've got to structure your whole day around it. And then when they when your team plays in prime time, you got to eat really early. Or to your point that you don't like, you have to wait and eat like after the game because you can't eat during the game unless it's something with utensils. But even then, it's difficult. Blah blah. Half time, maybe at best. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's I'm definitely eating before the game. I think it's going to be a fajita tacos sort of night. Wow. So I'm really, 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 really pumped about this. So what kind of what kind of uh, protein? uh beef and chicken you mix it up wow. you know what i mean and even mix it up like in a particular taco like you don't have to do just beef one taco just chicken like throw it all in one thing get some you know some onions some peppers some you know guac not a sour cream guy uh some salsa you know what i mean like you know you can have a good time it gets said a lot but it really can't be said enough I would say about how, you know, you go out of the restaurant and someone gets the fajitas or you get the fajitas and it's like this great experience when they're just coming out and they're sizzling. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. just like, great. It's, it's awesome. It's always great. I love it. Um, also sometimes I feel like pro tip here, maybe people do this is like, you ever like kind of just like kind of scrape like the goodness off of the bottom of that skillet. Oh, like no, it's so done. good. It tastes so good. Um, when you make your taco in a situation like this, do you put the tortilla in your hand? Like your non-dominant hand because you're using your dominant hand for the utensil to scoop, or do you put it on the plate? Hmm, that's a good question. I think maybe on the plate. I don't know. I don't. No, I don't. You I gotta go think hand, dude. This. You gotta go hand so you can weigh. You know what I mean? Like what's in it? You know what I mean? So weigh. Can, yeah, so you can know. Like you know what I mean? Like you, it's it's a structure. You know, you gotta. Hmm. It's a, it's a long game eating a fajita plate because you got and then you gotta like balance. You only have so many tortillas. So you gotta. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a dance. So you gotta go through. I don't love preparing a tiny taco. Like I, I just, or I, I just don't. I don't love a tiny taco in general. Honestly, I want a big taco, like um, enough to be able to, you know, contain everything inside. Not like in some of those ta tacos too. Like I feel like they they break too easy. Like the the soft like corn tortilla. Like it's like like you're biting it and it's just like ripping at the bottom. Like what is this? This, this is a mess. What's going last on? Last thing here. There's a place uh, where I grew up named Bigos, 
and um, they serve. It's a big like just gigantic fajita platter. And Amigos. The, yeah, B I G O apostrophe S. And um, so you get like I mean I don't know like fifty corn tortillas, but they're small. They're like palm of your hand size, and I mean they're just like two bites. Like that's what the tacos are. So it's just like constant like reloading, two bites, reloading, two bites. It's a great experience. Mm. Bigo could be a nickname for me, considering my first initials B, then my first two letters of my last name are Go. Um, I think it's yeah. time to go at, on yeah. that note. Uh, great. I was going to say segue, but great way to end. Lots of um, lots yeah. of important stuff here at the end. Um, go Cowboys, not Eagles. Uh, Joe Judge owns the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles. BLG, the last 6,431 words belong to you. All right, let me count these out. Um, no, thanks for everyone for the support. Uh, seeing a lot of good feedback as we have lately. People enjoying the mixtape, saying they're looking forward to that. That's really, I think, uh, appreciated by both me, RJ, uh, everyone at the Bleeding Green Nation and Blogging Boys uh, entities. So we appreciate you. We love you. And uh, here's to some fun football, maybe. Week 13, we'll see. Here's the truth about AI. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com AI for people. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.